Mark chapter 5. We'll read through verse 17, beginning in verse 1. And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you here tonight, Lord God, believing to hear you, Lord. Speak to us by your spirit and by your word, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage us, strengthen us, Father God, convict us, that we would abide under the chastening hand, Lord God, of your spirit, Father God, that we would desire all of you that we would love the truth, we would receive the love of the truth, that we might not be deceived. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Let everyone say it, amen and amen. We read here in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 17, and we have a very peculiar story, amen, for our observation. Now, rather than directly address the obvious theme here, how Jesus delivers the demon-possessed, we're going to concentrate on the subplot, if you will. I want you to notice here, in Mark chapter 5, in verses 16 and 17, it says, And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. In other words, they testified, amen, of the delivering power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the ramifications of that delivering power, and the cost of that delivering power in this man's life. Did you hear me? Amen. They testified to the community. They testified of the saving and delivering power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And they testified of the cost and the ramifications of that deliverance. And it says here in verse 17, And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. This here is the foundation, amen, for our text here tonight. Our thought, amen, solve our problems, but let us keep our pigs. Solve our problems, but let us keep our pigs. A very simple but profound thought, and yet oh so very common in this hour of religion. Folks want liberty, amen, but they want liberty on their own terms, amen. People want the blessings of God, but they refuse the correction of His Word, amen. Indeed, it is so typical today to find people who say that they want to go to heaven, and yet they're not really interested in God Himself. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to examine this story from a very different angle, gaining our perspective not from the foreground, but from the shadows. For our purpose here tonight, amen, we'll focus on the community that rejected Jesus rather than the demon-possessed who was delivered by him. 
Amen. Did you hear me? That's what we're going to concentrate on. Amen. We're going to concentrate on those that heard the testimony, those that heard the Word of God, those that saw the results of the Word of God with their own eyes. Amen. And yet they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe if we listen very closely, amen, we can find a spiritual warning. Amen. I want you to take note. This community that we're speaking of here tonight represents any individual, any marriage, any family or any church, any spiritual entity at all that desires the deliverance of the Lord Jesus Christ, but who shuns his discipline, but who shuns his discipline. Amen. May the Lord give his ears to hear. The first thing that I want you to see here tonight, this community, the community represents an individual. The community represents a family, a marriage, a church, etc. and so forth. This community had problems that no man can solve. Amen. Had problems above human remedy. Mark 5, 3 through 4. No man could bind him, neither could any man tame him. Amen. I can tell you one thing. No man is going to tame the devil apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. No human effort is going to overcome the problems that flow, amen, from a sinful nature and from a carnal mind. Amen. Jesus is the only answer for such spiritual problems. No one knew what they would do with this demoniac. Here in this community, community, amen, he was a riddle that no one could solve. No one had a viable solution. Amen. You may ask me here tonight, how do you know, preacher, that the demoniac was a problem for the community at large? Oh, that's an easy question to answer. Men never seek to shackle and chain up those things which bless. They only seek to limit the influence, amen, of those things that are a curse, amen? So we recognize there was a problem at hand, amen? They had a problem that no man could solve, that no man could tame, amen? The demoniac was an obvious situation that needed to be dealt with. He was a blight. He was an embarrassment. He was a approach, amen? There was a tormenting and haunting quality about him. We read in verse 5, and always, night and day, amen? Always, night and day. He never went away, amen? It was never a week's rest without him. You could never go a night, amen, without the tormenting presence or the issue of this demoniac in the community. Always, night and day. There was never a time, never an hour that went past in this community, amen, that they were reminded of this problem that they couldn't solve. Night and day, night and day. He was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. So they tried to restrain him. And when that failed, they sought to tame him. Amen. You're not going to counsel. You're not going to culture or otherwise smooth over the work of the devil. Once the devil is involved in it, amen, he's going to have to be forced out. Amen. You're not going to talk him out of anything. Amen. You're going to have to have divine authority to rid yourself of that demonic influence. Amen. And the devil only comes in by sin. And so you're not going to culture, amen, the flesh or temper the old man. That's how you give place to the devil. You give place to the devil, amen, by the platform and the door of the flesh. But you're not going to discipline the flesh. You're not going to subdue the flesh. You're not going to be able to suppress it and hide it. Amen. There's only one answer for the flesh, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus and Him crucified. So everything they tried, they failed. Every remedy, amen, that someone came up with, amen, they shattered their plans. They had no remedy. They couldn't do a thing with him. And so basically, he did what he pleased. He did exactly, amen, what that devil inside of him wanted him to do. They, of course, tried to keep him at a low profile, tried to hide him, amen, tried to limit his influence, but he was always there, just inside the shadows, never able, amen, to shake. He was always on the trail of this community. So we see at a very minimum, the demoniac presented a 
threat to himself as well as a threat to others. This is typical of the peculiar work of the devil. Once the door of sin allows the devil in, the only remedy is divine deliverance. Now, as a general rule, amen, we know, amen, that men love their sin, but they loathe its repercussions. Isn't that true? Amen. Men love their sin, but they do loathe its repercussions. Amen. Few enjoy being fearful. Few enjoy being bound, sick, or tormented as the Bible teaches. Amen. People want their marriages to work. They want their spouse to love them. Amen. They want their children to obey them. Amen. They want their business to operate. They want to be able to, you know, uh, manage their money properly. Whatever it may be. Amen. They want things to work out. Amen. And yet they don't want to really submit to the manual that God has given us. Amen. The owner's manual, if you will, the word of God. But all they want things to go okay. And when things are not going okay, as the Bible says, the way of a transgressor is hard. Amen. Then sinners indeed agree that it's hard. Those who are tormented by the devil, even if they're unaware of the devil's devices, usually want a remedy. Amen. This community's futile attempts at self-deliverance, it proves this very point. They sought to ease the situation. They wanted some relief. You see, uh, lots of people want relief, but there's no virtue, amen, in that if a man doesn't really desire the person of Jesus Christ. It's got to be God's way or no way. But all they wanted some relief. Amen. You know, some of you here tonight, just like this community, somehow you may have given place to the devil. Amen. He may have found a place in your life. Perhaps there's a place in your marriage that he's found. Perhaps there's a place, amen, in your family. Perhaps in your parenting techniques. Amen. And eventually that's going to affect your children. Maybe in your business practices, in your work ethic. Amen. So forth and so on. In the way that you operate in your day-to-day practical Christianity, there's a place, amen, that you need deliverance, amen. You've got trouble, and you know you need to be delivered, amen. But are you willing to submit to the Word of God? Are you willing to do it God's way? It's not enough simply to recognize. We have some problems. Amen. We have issues that need to be addressed. Amen. We have something we can't handle. We've got something that for years we've tried to tame and it's not going to be tamed. Amen. We, we've got issues. Amen. In our home, in our marriage, in our family, in our business, in our church, in my life, whatever it may be. I've tried to deal with it. I've tried to face it head on. But everything I do, no matter what I do in my own strength, I fail miserably. It's good to want to be delivered. But are you willing to submit to the Word of God? Lots of people are not. I said lots of people want to be delivered. But very few really want to be delivered according, amen, to the Word of God. You know, I've seen people all of my Christian life come into churches. They project a spiritual life that seems well enough on the surface. But in reality, their personal life is in chaos. Amen. Their marriage is in chaos. Their home is in chaos. Their children, amen, their parenting techniques, amen, on down the line. Why is that? You know, God's Word addresses how everything ought to be done. I said God's Word addresses how everything, down to the minute details, ought to be done. And most people know, of course, and will admit that that is true. And most people will agree, amen, particularly those that claim to be born again, they agree with the Word of God in theory. But when it comes time for the light to be turned on them and the word of God to be applied to that area of their life, then they recoil, amen, at the Lord Jesus Christ. See, listen to me. Look at someone next to you. You may be looking at somebody that wants their problem solved, amen, but they want to keep their pigs. (laughs) I hope not, amen. I hope not that's the case. But I can tell you one thing. If you want your spiritual problem solved, you're going to have to get rid of the pig farm. 
Amen. That's the second thing. Amen. They not only had a demoniac, they also harbored a hog farm. Amen. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. About 2,000 swine, not a half a dozen, 2,000 swine in this Jewish community. Now for a Jew, swine represents everything unclean and unholy under that old covenant. No Jew had any business owning, much less eating swine. Amen. Listen to me. Where the devil is, wherever there is a stronghold in any life or any spiritual entity, you can rest assured. Underneath it all, there's some sin. There's some compromise. There's some disobedience. Amen. At the very best, at the very best, there is an either an ignorance, amen, or a refusal of the divine principle or the divine pattern. Because truth sets free. And wherever there is bondage, there has to be error. If there's something in your life, amen, that God is putting his finger on, if there's something in your life that you can agree that the Holy Ghost has convicted you and chastened you about, it's because you're not taking heed to what the Word of God has to say about that in your life. And if you're not willing to receive Jesus, then you're not going to be delivered. Now, for us under the New Covenant, swine represents the old carnal nature, carnal reasoning, carnal ways, worldly living. And, you know, when I say worldly, I'm not talking about just the fair out here on Highway 24. I'm not talking about sipping, but, or, of course, I'm talking about that, but not just the obvious. Amen. If you do things the way that mommy and daddy did things, and mommy and daddy didn't do things according to the Word of God, amen, then you are listening to the devil. If you are pattering any area of your life, after what you learned in the world, and it's contrary to what the Word of God says, that you were under the doctrines of the world. It may not be as brazen as, uh, you know, sipping a Budweiser. But if it's of that world, and it's contrary to the Word of God, amen, then you have opened the door for the devil. And you have got, and what do you think the Holy Ghost is going to do? The Holy Ghost loves you. The Holy Ghost wants God's best for you. The Holy Ghost is going to guide you into all truth. The Holy Ghost comes to lift up and to magnify Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. Why would you be surprised? He was going to put his finger on it. Of course he is. He's going to confront you with the areas of your life that need to be confronted. If we live after the flesh, the Bible says we will what? We will die. How many of you want to die? Amen. That doesn't surprise me. You see, we all want to be delivered. You see, we all want, amen, Jesus to come and to cast the demonic out. We all want Jesus to come and rid us of the spiritual problem. None of us want to be in bondage. Why? Because we know if we live this way, amen, ultimately it will be our death. So we want to be freed, amen. Amen, the way that we practically live, listen to me. Our marriage, our family, the discipline of our children, the business, amen, our employment, amen, how we view the church, our evangelism, amen, how we manage all these things and many, many more. I'm just throwing out these things to kind of uh, provoke and inspire us to meditate on all the various areas of our life where the Spirit of God wants absolute and complete lordship, which simply means that we come under what the Bible says about it. If we want deliverance, we cannot ignore or otherwise excuse the hog farm in our lives. And that's the problem. You know, many times we've got a hog farm and not a dozen hogs. We've got 2,000 You can't hide 2,000 hogs, amen. You're not going to hide a hog farm that big in a Jewish community. And you're sure enough not going to hide it from Jesus, amen. If someone down the street, if one of your neighbors doesn't call you a hypocrite, then the devil is going to expose you. Amen. It was the devil who brought it up to Jesus. Of course, we know that Jesus, is man, God manifested in the flesh, and we know that God knows all things. But you understand, if you're harboring something, listen to me, ultimately, 
Ultimately, if you deal with it, if you repent, if you hear the word of God, then God is going to be merciful and long-suffering with you. Amen. Thank God for that. If you'll hear the instruction of the Holy Ghost, but if you won't, amen, sooner or later, it's going to be your demise and you will be exposed. You see, some folks in the church, they have the hog farm. They try to hide it, amen. They, they, uh, they refuse to, to admit and refuse to really confront the issue and admit that they have a problem or something that, you know, uh, uh, is really that bad. They, they try to, you know, diffuse it or de-emphasize or explain it away. But, you know, you can smell a hog farm for miles and miles away. And, you know, it doesn't, wouldn't surprise any of us if these hog farmers around here that you can smell down the street they probably don't smell the hog like you do. They probably get accustomed to that smell. It's not really that bad if you smell it every day. You see, listen to me. One of the things that ought to really scare you is this. If you were carnal, you are sure to be deceived. If you are carnal, you are surely not seeing things right. That's that's terrifying. If you are carnal, amen, then it is for sure, apart from the Word of God and humble submission to the Word of God, that you would have the right perspective. And this is where so many people fall into trouble, because they trust. Even, you know, by default, even unconsciously, they trust their own reasoning, their own mentality. Amen. Listen to me. We better submit to the Word of God. Now remember sin, carnality and compromise is the spiritual door the enemy, amen, enters into. It is the platform the devil operates from. Disobedience gives Satan legal access into a life. Now you know, listen to me. This has a dynamic that is twofold. Number one, when we come into the kingdom of God and we're born again, there's lots of things that God has to teach us. Some of those things might not even be sinful in and of themselves. In other words, you get born again when you're 22, 23 years old. You're a single young man. You're a single young woman. You've been living according to the principles of the world. And so God is going to prepare you if it is his will that you were to be married. Amen. You're going to have to learn how to be a godly husband or a godly wife. You're going to have to learn how to be a godly father and a godly mother. You're going to have to learn and embrace your roles in the marriage, in the family. You're not going to just simply uh, be asked by God to tolerate the teaching on your roles. You're going to have to love your role. And if you don't love your role as a father, and you don't love your role as a husband, and you don't love your role as a mother and a wife, then you're not going to fulfill your role. That means everything about being. Now, see, I make a statement like this, and, of course, people in their mind probably think, I'm just talking about women submitting to their husbands. You know, that's one of those hard sayings for this generation. You know, but to be a man is to lead. To be a man is to have courage to disappoint everybody in your house. To be a leader in your home, you have to be able to harden your heart, in a sense, to your wife and children and be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. You have to be able to discipline your children. No. Tell you people bring straws, you know, to church to spank their children with. Come on. This is when I have to take the turn the tape off. If you will spank your children the way they need to be spanked, then the world, you will be a child abuser. By the world's standard, not by God's standard, you'll be a child lover. I'm not talking about, listen to me, not unholy anger. You do that, that's wicked. 
Not unholy anger, not flesh. No, no. But if you deal with the devil of that rebellion in your child, listen to me. And he needs to know, he, she, whomever, that child needs to know, to disobey you ought to be one of the most fearful things he can ever think to do. And if that message has not been delivered to your children, then you haven't disciplined them according to the Word of God. And you got a hog farm in your family. Amen. Well, you're going to have to obey the Word of God if you want deliverance. Of course, I want my children to be saved. Of course, I want my children to be, you know, in self-control. Of course, I want my children to have a work ethic. Of course, I want my children to be respectful. Of course, I want my children to be God. Then you're going to have to deal with them according to the Word of God. You just let them go. They're going to, the devil is going to teach them. You want your marriage to float for there to be order, love, and peace? Then you're going to have to be willing to do the difficult things. You see? You understand? The things you don't want to have to do. You see, when I've teached this many times, I'm trying to quiet because people, uh, they think, you see, this is just Brother Britton. He loves to be mean. <laughs> it's just natural for you to be brutal. And maybe that's true to some degree. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe it's more, maybe my personality is a little more attuned to that. Perhaps, I'll, I'll grant you that, if that's really true. But the issue is this, listen to me. We all must do what the Holy Ghost has called us to do. And it really has nothing to do with personality. It has everything to do with the truth. And if you love the truth, it will compel you. If you love the truth, it will constrain you. If you love the truth, it will help you rise up out of your miserable, loathsome self. The thing you cannot tame by yourself. The thing you cannot handle by yourself. The thing that you don't have the strength and the courage enough to do. Amen. In your own strength, the Holy Ghost will help you. But you've got to be willing, not just to want God's best. You've got to embrace the Word of God. We often speak to disgruntled but bound souls who reply, I've done everything Jesus asked of me, but I'm still bound. You're a liar. How many, they say it all the time. You hear them say it on the street. They say it in church too. How many times have you heard that when you preach to people? I tried, I tried, I prayed. I'm a pervert. I tried. I asked God to forgive, to help me deliver me, but I'm, I just still love being a pervert. They say it all the time. They say it in church too. That is a lie. Because Jesus has always, in every situation, when people sincerely give their all, Amen, that He is going to set the captive free. And He's not a man. That he should lie. You know, uh, what the real issue is, they somehow ignore, amen, the fact that they got a hog farm in the backyard. They're, they're kind of like Saul, who, you know, told Samuel, I've done the will of the Lord. And Samuel said, then what, amen, is the bleeding of these sheep in my ear? What does that mean, Mr. Saul? What does that mean? Don't you remember the word of the Lord? Don't you remember chapter and verse? Don't you remember the Bible says this? Don't you remember the Bible says That's just the same religious spirit you find in the church. They'll look you straight in the eye and tell you, I have done everything and I have done all, amen, and yet there's a hog farm that you can smell them out. Again, for us here tonight, I know none of you going to the carnival out here. But listen, when I say hog farm, don't think somebody's sipping beer. Amen. Don't think that way. I want you to think about you. And I want you to think about that thing that you wrestle with. That thing, amen, that 
is suppressed. The thing that's hidden in the dark. Amen. And I'm, I'm not even really, I, I don't really believe anybody here sneaking around fornicating. Amen. Or getting drunk. If you are, amen, you ought to thank God you're not dead and you don't die tonight before you repent. Amen. And get right with God. But I don't believe it's brazen like that. I'm just telling you, listen to me, every, and it may be that you've never really been dealt with, but you're getting dealt with here tonight. Amen. And the Holy Ghost is going, if there's something in your life that's not according to the Word of God, then Rest assured, Jesus is coming to your community soon. Oh, yes. And there's going to be a testimony. And you're going to see, oh, that's how it is when Jesus really comes. And Jesus really delivers someone. Wow, there's someone who has been under the delivering power of the hand of God. It's going to be all laid out for you. It's going to be set there. And then the word of God is going to be delivered to you. And you'll see it with your own eyes if you're truly a child of God. Holy Ghost will bring you there. Or rather, should I say, the Holy Ghost will bring Jesus to you. And then you're going to have a choice to make. Because you'll have no excuse to pray for him to leave that area of your life after you've seen. Next, we see that Jesus' deliverance always brings destruction to sin. There is never an exception. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There are about 2,000. And they were choked in the sea. You see, Jesus, he'll always refuse to cast the devil out if he can't shut the door on sin. You're not going to go to Jesus and say, please, Lord, can you push the devil out of my life? Can you can you push the devil out of my marriage? Jesus, can you get the devil out of my children? Jesus, can you can you can you come and visit my bank account? Jesus, can you come and and, and visit our church in Sin River? He'll come. Amen. He'll answer such a prayer. But only if you're willing, amen, to allow him to deal with the sin. And if you're not if you're not willing to allow the devil to deal with the sin, or even if we use another term, even if we say the things that are not according to the Word of God, Amen. Perhaps it's it's something that you know God hasn't shined His light or hasn't given you an understanding about. But when that time comes, friend, it's time to listen to the Holy Ghost. It's not about what you did yesterday. It's not how, how saved you were ten years ago. Amen. It's not how you were fully consecrated last week. Amen. What are you right now? And the moment that the Spirit of God gives you spiritual light and you say, I refuse to take a step. I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Amen. I do want to go to heaven, but I don't believe that I have to do that. Amen. I don't believe I have to give up this. The moment you do that, you're grieving the Spirit of God in your life. And you are resisting. Amen, God. He wants to conform you to the image of Christ. And that's what he's come to do. Amen. But he's not going to take authority over the devil until you give him lordship over that sin or that compromise. Amen. In our story, notice how the devil and sin levitate one toward another. But remember, it was Jesus who granted the enemy's request to enter into the swine, knowing that both, amen, or at least the swine temporarily would be destroyed. Hence, when Jesus comes on the scene, the demon-possessed are delivered, and sin is always exposed and always eliminated. You cannot have one without the other, amen? And this is true and consistent of the divine nature, amen? Wherever God reigns, wherever God is, amen, then sin is going to be trumped, amen, and the devil is going to be cast out. That's an absolute. This is, though, where most people recoil. They want to be free. They desire to to play. Uh, they desire, amen, to be set free, but often they're too merciful to their compromise and their carnal thought patterns. In other words, listen to me. What, the way you think, your notions about, you know, God wants to change the way you think. God wants to change you. Thank God. God wants to change me. 
Amen? He wants us to be emptied of self. Now, he's not trying to destroy personality. No, no. Just like we talked about emotion uh, on Sunday, he's not trying to destroy emotion. He's not even trying to destroy individuality in a sense. In other words, we're all unique. Amen. But he wants us to be crucified in and with Christ and to rest in him and that we would be in the Lord Jesus and by the Lord Jesus and through the divine life of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to be originally what he intended for us to be. Amen? To be vessels of honor that cannot happen apart from allowing the Holy Ghost to have his way in the least areas of our life. And you see, again, this is a mentality. You know, recently we were talking to uh, a particular couple that, um, from all, you know, appearances, very godly, very even convicting in some areas. And uh, they, they were just sharing with us uh, some uh, life changes, uh, some decisions they were making. And it was shocking, amen, that at the premise, at the foundation, you know, they, they, they weren't really, you know, seeking the lordship of Christ in every area of life. And, you know, really it's a reflection of their theology. Because, you know, they don't really believe that Jesus, there's no real fear of God in regards to stepping outside of the Lordship of Christ on a day-to-day basis. But if we step outside of the Lordship of Christ, we're in danger. And we need to know that. Amen? We can't just live independently from God and prosper. We, we, we really shouldn't even have the thought. And that's, again, a, a problem to have. Well, if, if I live outside of the Lordship of Christ in some area, you know, I, I'll probably make it in. I wouldn't think that. I think that's a dangerous thought. Amen. Not all that saith the Lord, Lord, shall enter in, but only them that do the will of my Father. That scripture kind of throws a wrench into that antinomian thought, right? We don't have a right to step outside of the Lordship of Christ. See, Jesus is going to cast the devil out because he's the only one that really can. I understand we do through the name, you understand? But that's Jesus really casting the devil out. Jesus is going and can and will cast the devil out. There's no, listen to me, there's no satanic influence so great that the, that the Lord Jesus Christ can utterly and absolutely destroy it. Amen. There's nothing that he can't deliver you from and will deliver and wants to deliver you from. But you're going to have to submit to the word of God. This is where most people, though, they recoil. They want to be free. But they're too merciful, amen, to their thought processes, their notions that are not according to the Word of God. You know, our minds are to be renewed by the Word of God. You see, Jesus personifies both the church and the fivefold ministry. Amen. Now, we are to fulfill, meaning the New Testament church is to fulfill this function in the earth. But notice how when Jesus, amen, Jesus in his body, amen, came in contact with people, amen, then there was an ultimatum given them. And so this is how it is in this hour. You see, people, amen, as soon as they're planted, and this is, this is very important because, of course, we're all individuals. We need to be born. Born again, but as you've heard me say many, many times before, discipleship is commanded. We're commanded to undergo or submit ourselves to be taught, right? We're also commanded to go and to teach, which implies, of course, that we have to be taught. So we, you know, talk about evangelism, and evangelism, of course, is very, very important. It holds a very prominent position in the mind of God. It should be a priority in the church, but it's not the greatest thing. The greatest thing is the glory of God. Amen? But if we're going to exalt evangelism, we can't de-emphasize discipleship because they're on the same level. They're both part of the Great Commission. So we have to be disciples. 
We cannot ask men to come under what we ourselves will not receive. And, you know, remember, you're going to reap what you sow. To what degree that you hear the Holy Ghost, and not just the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost through other God-sent and ordained agents that he uses to speak his word to you. You know, the issue is with this community, if they were going to be delivered from the hog farm, amen, just by hearing from God directly, they'd have been delivered a long time ago. But, you know, God sent them Jesus, amen, so the finger could be put on it. And so listen to me, usually, you see, every one of us have, you know, uh, weak links in our spiritual journey. Amen, every one of us has a natural character flaw. Now, again, we get born again, and we can be absolutely delivered from all sin. And, you know, I I wouldn't even ask this question here. But if someone were to stand and say, I have never sinned since I've been born again. Do you believe that's possible with Brett? Yes, absolutely. Not only do I believe it's possible, I believe it's the perfect will of God. Right? But I will say this. Most of the time people do. And most of the time people, God in his mercy deals with us. And thank God that he's dealt with us and he continues to deal with us. Amen. And so listen to me. When you get born again, if you embrace all of the word of God, amen, and if you could know all the word of God that sets free, then you could walk in the power, in the victory. You can have that. You can realize and you should. Amen. But I can tell you this. If you, if you fall, if you sin, if you don't know, or if you do know, amen, and yet you are somewhat, you know, uh, uh, having to embrace and swallow what God's word says, then you better know this. You have no right to reject the Word of God. The only deliverance that you will experience will be on the ground of the Word of God. And you had better receive it. You had better, amen, come under. But Jesus is the fivefold ministry. When people come into the church often, amen, then God uses, amen, those human vessels. These areas that sometimes we would never address ourselves if God didn't expose it. Again, does that have to happen? No. But it often does. Amen? I, I can, to my shame, I will stand up here today and tell you there were some areas in my life that I needed some human vessels in. Some men, amen, that worked with me, men that were close to me, men that, you know, as I got closer to, where it wasn't gross sin or what have you, but things, thought processes, mentalities, I needed exposed. Amen. And God sent me some men, amen, who could smell the hog farm in my life and who could deal with it. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. But I had a choice to make. Amen. And and listen to me, no matter where we are in God, amen, when God puts his finger on a hog farm, we better be willing to let go. True deliverance brings complete liberty. In verse 15, and they came to Jesus, they come to Jesus, and see him that was possessed with the devil, and had the legion, sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. You know, there were some men that I met when I got born again. There were some men and women and some families and some preachers that God, you know, put me uh, among. And they weren't normal men. They were born again men. Amen. They they weren't normal men. They were full of the Holy Ghost. And I saw their families. And I saw their marriages. And I saw how they worked on their job. And I saw how they witnessed. Amen. At the be quick. I saw them each and every day. And you know what it did? I knew the gospel they preached. And the gospel that I was hearing preached was the truth. And I was afraid. You hear me? Because I knew this is God. And this which I'm faced with is God. 
And, you know, I may, I may enter into a spot, a straight and narrow place, a straight place that's uncomfortable. I may find myself being challenged in areas that I really don't want to be challenged in. Oh, but I can tell you one thing. If you will fear God, if you will fear God, and you will fear His Word, and you will tremble at His Word, you will know the repercussions to reject the truth of God will be eternal and everlasting. As often is the case, men are frightened of the pure testimony of God's deliverance. Why were they afraid? Perhaps it was the absolute and complete nature of the deliverance. You know, if God can set him free, amen, then I know he can set me free. There's no excuse. You know, that's why people on the campus, when you tell them that you can live free from sin, they've got to attack that testimony because they intuitively know if God can set you free, then he can set me free. And if I can be free, then I'm obligated to be free. Amen? And you see, this is the same principle. Listen to me. We, we've all seen the, the delivering power of the Holy Ghost and the end result of divine truth when embraced with a right heart in human vessels. Amen. No one can deny the delivering power of the gospel. And we've all seen testimonies such as this. Amen. We have no excuse. Amen. We really don't know. Amen. Why they were so afraid. Nevertheless, it is often the typical response when men are faced with the reality of God's deliverance. You know, there's, he was fully dressed. That's why they're so scared of you at SLU. <laughs> Some of you ladies have all your clothes on. Just that can make people afraid in this house. You know, maybe they wanted to be delivered, but not this way. Not so delivered. Hey, but not that delivered, not where I just have to sit at Jesus' feet, not that humbled. So here you say you want a holy marriage, you want a holy family, you want holy children, you want to be healed, you want to be discipled. But do you want to be that disciple, that healed, that made whole? Yet there is one Narrow way, one narrow way to such a life of spiritual benefit, and that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see, what this is basically is they were given a full gospel testimony, and they that saw it told them how it befell to them, to Him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. Also, You see, they don't like to tell the also so much in this hour. They like to preach, you know, what happened to him that was possessed. But they don't like to talk about and also concerning the sin. And also concerning the drunkenness. And also concerning the sodomy. And also concerning the worldliness. And also concerning this and that and so forth. And all of us could stand up here tonight and testify of the also. We know God deals with the also. And He's always going to deal with the also. The witnesses didn't concentrate on just one facet of the story. They told all the truth. They didn't just tell them about the great deliverance, but they also told them about the destruction of the sin. In other words, they were left with the impression, if Jesus stays here, this is going to be the pattern. Amen. You see, when Jesus really comes on the scene, and when people really, when the, when the gospel is really communicated to people, and when the truth, the delivering power of Jesus Christ is, is really communicated to the heart, we all recognize Jesus is not going to tolerate with the hog farm. We know that's true, don't we? Amen. When we really see Jesus, when he makes a visit to our home, a visit to our marriage, a visit to our person, amen, we recognize if he stays here, if we allow, he's not going to stay here, amen, if, he, if we don't allow him to deal with it. But if he stays here, well, how is he not going to stay here? Told you just turn to leave. Is that hard? Yes. Reject and resist. That's how you pray for Jesus to leave your coast. 
All you have to do is ignore, neglect, shun the Word. You know what shunning the Word is? It's a prayer to Jesus to depart out of my coast. That's what it is. Just shun the Word. Just explain it away. Just say, no, that's not right. Oh, no, that's not what it is. Redefine it. Try to avoid it. Whichever way you do, handle it. You, it doesn't, you, listen to me, it doesn't matter. The only, unless you bow your knee to it and say amen. And not just bow your knee and say amen, but do the will of God. Anything less than that is to shun the Word of God. And shunning the Word of God is praying that Jesus would leave your coast. He will deliver us of every spiritual bondage. But the hog farms, no matter how profitable they may be, no matter what excuses or justifications can be offered for their existence, amen, they're going to have to go. And lastly here tonight, we see they rejected deliverance simply because they loved their sin. And they began to pray Him to depart out of their coast. As I said, so many want deliverance, but they don't want it that bad. They want liberty. They want it on their own terms. They don't mind Jesus coming in and changing the unmanageable. Amen. But leave the details to me. Thank you. Amen. I've seen people come to this church in utter desperation. Amen. You you can't imagine the different things. Amen. Some of you have, and I've seen some of you, amen, not shun Jesus, but invite him in and utterly change your life, utterly transform you. Amen. Utterly come in and, and produce a testimony as he continues to build, to mold, amen, and to shape and conform you to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I've seen others come. Oh, they're, they're in a deep hole. They're, they've got a lot of areas of their life that need the intervention of of God. And they say they want deliverance, but when everything in the end of the day, they don't want it that bad. They didn't want Jesus to really get in their front pocket. They didn't really want to be dealt with the way, amen, that people have to be dealt with. Everybody. There's nobody here that's an exception. No one. Every one of us, amen, must be confronted with the truth. You can't invite Jesus to practically visit your marriage, your family, your church, your parenting, your business, your bank account, whatever it may be, amen, without the motivation of heart that anything less than Christ will be exposed. Amen. And that I am willing to hear and to respond appropriately to the Word of God. I've seen people weep, cry, and confess that they need deliverance. But in the end, once they see the cost of deliverance, amen, I've seen the same people essentially beg Jesus to depart out of their lives. They would admit that, of course. You see, listen to me. I was brought to a place as a very young girl. You've heard me say this over and over again. Amen, but it needs to be repeated. This is one of those things that needs to be repeated a lot. I could preach this message probably every two or three years. I could preach this message in every church in America. Amen. This fits everywhere. Amen. But, uh, you know, listen to me. I, I, I came to a place as a young believer, you know, taught by the Holy Ghost, seen examples in, in men that were mentoring me. I realized if I came up against something in my life that the Holy Ghost put his finger on, amen, if I avoided that, or I tried to shuck it, or I tried to go a shortcut around it, amen, it was going to be my destruction. That's fear. You should fear. Amen? When the Holy Ghost visits you, when Jesus comes to your community, when He comes to your individual life, when He visits you wherever you're at, whatever, you know, sphere of life, that He just comes on the scene 
uninvited, etc. Amen. You you weren't really all right when I say uninvited, meaning I, I'm not really expecting for God to deal with me as a parent today. You don't wake up one day and say, you know, I'm going to plan my own discipleship. That isn't how it works. You wake up in Jesus. Amen. You may, may not ever have been thinking about these uh, particular things, and you may not even have uh, seen these weaknesses from the perspective of God. But suddenly the Holy Ghost comes, and now you see it. Don't you think it's a multiple choice test? Don't you think, well, I can do A or I can do B? No. Walk in the fear of God. Overcome. Amen? Overcome. Let the Holy Ghost use the trial, use the test, use the discipline to put iron in your spiritual backbone. And as you come under the Word of God, and as you confess, I cannot tame this. I cannot, I cannot chain and shackle it. I cannot do this in my own strength. But Father, I accept your Word. I trust you though you slay me. Even though the Word of God, listen to me, when chastisement comes, there are two responses. Amen. That you do not want to respond with. And that is to despise it. And the other is to, I can't do this. That's sin. Just rebuke, rebuke, rebuke. I had one man leave the church. He said, I'm sick of walking out of this church in a pool of my own blood every service. He despised correction. He's a total devil today. You're to recognize that's the Word of God. I love the Word of God. Let the righteous smite me. I receive. I embrace. And if you will bear up under with the right spirit, then God will make you into an altogether another individual. That you yourself could have never with all, with all, with any human effort or any human uh, uh, strength or manufacturing or outside intervention, Amen. No one could have ever produced that in you. Only God can do it. But if you'll submit to His way, then He will conform you to the image of Christ. People don't want, Amen, the kind of marriage, the kind of family, the kind of remedy, Amen, that God often wants to give them. As I've, as I've said before, amen, you're going to be challenged if you're in the will of God. Amen. You're not going to prosper if you attempt to hold to your old habits, your old way of thinking, and your old way of doing things. As the old saying goes, if you always do what you've always done, then you're always going to get what you've always got. You know what most people are unwilling to do? There's an area of their life that's unscriptural. And so finally God hems them up. Finally God gets them up against the wall and says, look, look look at this. You see they're in a deep hole. Amen. They've got years and years perhaps where they have lived a certain unscriptural pattern and it has brought nothing but trouble. And some of you in here know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have ruined marriages, divorces, and you, you if, if I let you stand up and testify, you'd say, because I didn't live. I didn't take heed to the Word of God. I did not take heed to the Word of God. But finally, God gets a hold of an individual. Amen. They've got to be willing to let God shake that worldly pattern. You've got to do it another way. This ain't going to work. Don't think you're going to escape the hole you dug for yourself by using the same shovel again. Amen. You're not going to get out. You're just going to keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the same mess that that unscriptural pattern got you in in the first place. You're going to have to turn around and come another way according to the Word of God. We must allow the hog farm, whatever it is, amen, we must allow it to be drowned in the sea of His deliverance. Amen. So many want Jesus as Savior. But you see, this is what we talk about. When they reject Him as Lord. So many want Jesus to solve their problems. But they insist on keeping their pigs. Let us not have such a spirit. Let not that spirit be mentioned once among us. Let's stand here tonight. Solve our problems. But let us keep our pigs. 
That's the wrong way, saints of God. We need all of Jesus. We've got to want all of Jesus. Why don't you find a place? Let's just make an altar. Bear that chair. There's no one here that escapes this message. Amen. Every one of us here, it's applicable. Even the holy sanctified, I believe, are always being conformed to the image of Christ. Christ is eternal. His moral character is eternal. Always being conformed to the image. Our hearts always have to be broken. Always have to be tender. Reproofs of instruction are the ways of life. Correction is only grievous to him that is out of the way. We have to cultivate such a heart. And I believe God will help us. Pray that prayer. Here tonight, saying of God, Lord, I want to receive your word. And not, Lord, just directly from you, but from those who would speak it as long as it is according to your word. I know you can help me, Father. I know, Jesus, you are the deliverer. I know there's no area of my life that you can't utterly transform. But give me ears to hear your word. Give me a heart to love the truth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't faint at his correction. Don't despise his correction. But embrace it and love it. For correction is life and truth. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He is a good God. He chastens those who He loves. Hallelujah. We know the Bible says now, No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. That's what it seems to be. Of course it is. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised or trained thereby. That's how you're going to be discipled. That's how you're going to be trained. That's how we, you and I are going to be conformed to the image of Christ. Chastening, amen, is one of the main, you know, elements of that discipleship. We've got to embrace that. We've got to love it. We've got to allow the Holy Ghost to drown that hog farm in the sea. 